Design New Podcast, Episode 10. If you are looking for tips, tricks, and inspiration to keep your life on purpose, join us in my free Facebook community, Create the Life You Want, hashtag Design You, and surround yourself with other people choosing to live by design and not by default. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board, Kate Cawthorn. Kate is the Managing Director of the Speakers Institute, which empowers people to realise their potential and release their message. With close to a decade of experience in the professional speaking industry, Kate is able to hear you out and then unleash the power within you to succeed. Kate is also a certified Gallup Strengths Coach, trained to help people understand their own unique gifts and talents to unpack their full potential. Join me as I chat with Kate about working to your strengths. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Tina. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to see you and um, looking forward to getting into this. It'll be great. Oh, thanks, Kate. So tell me, what are you doing to design your best life? So what I'm doing, I'm, I'm really passionate about understanding my strengths and the strengths of other people around me. So that's what I, that's what I do. That's what I coach people in. So ultimately, our strengths are the tools that we've already been designed with Mm. and so I use them in order to design my best life. And so you use your own strengths to do that and is that how you help other people bring it out? What's the strengths that you've got that help people to bring out their strengths? (laughs) Good question. Yes, I do uh, use my own strengths. So um, I use the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment which gives you your top five strengths. Mine are empathy, Mm -hmm. harmony, adaptability, developer, and intellection. I I use those very often, all the time actually, and help people understand their own strengths after they take the assessment as well. But yeah, definitely relying on mine and using those in the way that I communicate with other people. Mm. But we've always been taught that we should be working on our weaknesses. What do you think about that? (laughs) Well, weakness fixing is not something that's ever going to get you anywhere because you may get a bit a little bit better at the things that you consider yourself to be, well, consider as a weakness. But what you're doing is neglecting the strengths and natural talents that you already have. Mm. So while you might become a more well-rounded person, you're neglecting those superpowers that you've already got. Ooh, superpowers. Yes. <laughs> so do we need to go into a phone box to, to um, unpure them or just is it something we should be using all the time? No need. There's something that you should be using all the time. We should always see the top of our capes poking out. <laughs> no, so, so talents and strengths, um, once they've developed, once you've spent a lot of time investing time and knowledge into what they are and how they work for you, are something that really do shine for you every day without you even having to focus on it. So it becomes something that's so natural and so ingrained in who you are as a person that it's just, it's just, your everyday way of dealing with things and helps you to be really living your best life. Mm. So do you find that it um, helps people to have clarity about who they are and then what it is they should or shouldn't be doing to move their life forward? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've had uh, I've had clients that have come to me after taking their assessment and saying that now they understand who they are as a person and those natural gifts that they already have. And yeah, absolutely. I think I, well, well, I talk to everybody about it about how important it is that they should do it and what a benefit it is for them, whether or not you think it will be or not. It just is. So yeah, absolutely. And obviously it's a strength that you can use in every part of your life, but surely they manifest differently in different parts of your life. Empathy, I imagine, is a great one to have in relationships and friendships. How can you use empathy as your top strength when you're using it in your everyday business life? Yes, good question. I've had to um, do a lot of work on reframing my empathy in certain situations uh, because it's not a strength that one would naturally lean on in a business environment, especially when it comes to making tough decisions or having tough conversations with people. Mm. So that's had a lot of time and investment put in by me to be able to reframe that and look at how that works differently. So I've just had to really understand, and that's where it comes from, it's that understanding and that knowledge of how those strengths work for you. And once you've got that deep understanding, you can then know how to reframe them or flip them around to whatever task you need to put them to. So, for example, if I'm needing to have a tough conversation with somebody, say, for example, I need to let somebody go from the job that they're in, Mm -hmm. then I need to go deep into what will happen for that person if I don't do this. How How is that going to affect the way they feel later on? Because empathy is all about how people feel and understanding how the actions that you take are going to affect them. Mm. I need to put myself in their shoes almost and understand if I don't make this decision, if I don't have this conversation, what will that play out for them like down the track? So really need to almost futuristic as well, but which I don't have. But So looking forward as to how this will affect them if I don't do it and that makes it easier for me to have those conversations because if I didn't do that, I would be a blubbering mess on the floor. absolutely of course yeah and so how does that play out in the rest of your life if you're using these five strengths I'm sure for some people their five strengths work Mm. really beautifully together but there must be strengths where we're fighting against each other with what they're doing tell me I'm not sure let me know for sure yeah so each strength has what we like to call a balcony and a basement so a good side and a bad side Mm -hmm. so Quite often, we'll find that if we are operating in our basements, which everybody does from time to time, that's when we'll be off our game or we'll be doing something that annoys somebody else or or that annoys ourselves and and procrastinating things and all sorts of things that we really shouldn't be doing and we know that we shouldn't be doing. If If we go deep into each one of those, you can normally pinpoint one of those annoying habits back to one of your strengths and figure out you're in the basement of that particular strength. And then understanding what the balconies are, the good sides of each one of those as well, helps you to to jump back upstairs and get back up onto the balcony. So does knowing that help you in the, I assume different strengths would have different ways of moving between the balcony and the, and the sorry, what was the basement? The basement yeah. yeah, because surely um, not everyone, like for instance, coming back to your empathy, there must be mm. a different way for you to do it than from someone who's got another strength is... Yeah, in much in most cases, it's pretty much the same. So, um, for example, somebody with positivity um, might find themselves in the basement of positivity, looking at things. Um, positivity is a tricky one. Why did I choose that? 
<laughs> so um, being naive sometimes, mm-hmm. um, looking at looking at the world through rose-coloured glasses. I'm using the generalisations that are <laughs> that sure. um, that Gallup provide, and kind of being too positive if that's such a thing in situations that you might glossing over facts that you don't to acknowledge because they're they're too negative and you don't even want to go there and then realizing that you need to you need to shift the way that you're thinking into how to find the positive side of this situation by dealing with those negative things sometimes whereas um, for empathy it's very much the same so I might find myself taking on board other people's problems too much when I don't need to be be doing that it's one thing to listen to somebody and give them advice and help them through a situation but it's another thing entirely to shoulder all of that yourself and try and and carry that and then I when I find myself doing that I can literally feel it because I feel heavier and I you know it's hard to carry then I realize that I'm in the basement I need to get out of that and then I do what I can to support that person but not carry that burden for myself Mm. as well so yeah, but for each strength, it's really, it does come back down to understanding. So understanding what your own basements are for each of your strengths and what the balconies are and the way that you move between those is much the same for everybody for each individual strength. Just having that awareness and knowing this is the place I need to get back up to. Yeah. And it's interesting that you talked about how something actually felt for you, that you felt heavy. So it'd be an awareness about what that looks like for you and really coming to know what it is in your body or the way you're speaking or the way you're reacting is how it's playing out and what that actually manifests of. Because often I think we are the same things will come up for us. So you're saying you feel heavy when you're shouldering too much of other people's Mm. burden. So I assume that's a consistent thing. So straight away, as soon as you feel that, you go, Ah, okay. Time exactly. to Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Time to hang up. <laughs> <laughs> but with empathy, I'm sure you do it. No, so I don't. <laughs> Long conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and so how many strengths are there? There are 34 themes and each one of those themes is made up from all the different types of talents that can be grouped together to be called a theme. So, for example, the communication theme is grouped up of all different types of talents, um, which may be having great speaking skills, knowing the right words to write in a birthday card, being a great, a great conversationalist at parties, all of those different talents that come together to form one particular theme, such as the communications theme. So each 34 themes that are in the Gallup Strengths Finder, yeah, built up of lots and lots of different talents over. 40 to 50 years of research. It's really a phenomenal tool. So how did they come across this? Because this is huge, really. I mean, it's something we should all be working towards. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you my card. <laughs> um, so Gallup started with a guy called Donald, Don Clifton. So he developed the tool Clifton Strengths Finder, and he started that uh, around the time of the return of it or the end of the Second World War when people were returning from war and they were coming back with sorts of, of problems, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, the return servicemen having to deal with what they'd seen and also the families coming to terms with the loss of loved ones, all that sort of thing. So at that time, as you can imagine, there are a lot of psychologists and counsellors and all sorts of people trying to help put people back together, you know, try to help them have a normal quality of life after that. And a lot of the focus was on what's gone wrong, what's happened, how do we fix these people, 
So what Don Clifton decided to do instead is start a research and study into what would happen if we decided to instead focus on what's right with people rather than what's wrong with them. So he did a lot of research into people that were really excelling in different areas of their life, whether they're business people, entrepreneurs, and all people across all walks of life, the ones that were really doing well and excelling. And what he wanted to try and find out was what one quality did all of these people have that made them excel, that made them stand out above the rest. And he was expecting to find one particular personality trait that all these people shared. And instead, what he found was they didn't share any particular personality traits. What it was, was that they had learnt and understood what it was that they do well, that they're strength. Mm-hmm. And they had outsourced their lesser strengths. So the things that they, I don't say weaknesses, the things <laughs> that they don't do so well, they'd outsourced. So they've really become and honed those superpowers. So that was, that was it. So then he decided to, to study more and more and do more and more research into this, the study of strengths. And then he started to develop the assessment of the Clifton Strengths Finder. And that, then he bought Gallup. So that's why Gallup is now the owner of Gallup Strengths. So over years and years and decades and decades of research and study and algorithms and all sorts of other things that he's, he's put together, we've now got this amazing tool that can tell you what your natural talents are in about 40 minutes online. Okay. And I understand in business, so ideally a business is operating where there's, people are working to their strengths. So you've got mm-hmm. the guy who's great at IT doing the IT stuff and the person who's great at communicating, being the marketer, et cetera, et cetera. But how can we use this in our own life? Because we can't outsource everything in our personal life that we right, that's not, right. not outsourcing. <laughs> That's right. Um, so what we can do, look, it's, it's a lot easier when you do know what your strengths are to be able to, to look at the things that you're not as gifted in. There's a couple of different ways. I like to, first of all, explain to people how they can reframe their strengths because, as you said, it's not easy to always find somebody that you can come alongside to be able to outsource things to. So I have an activity that I do with my clients called a talent map. So it looks at the way the strengths are already spread out. There's four domains of strength as well. So each of the 34 themes are grouped into one of four domains. Mm -hmm. Those are the executing domains. So those people that are really good at getting things done. So once you've got a task, you just go out and do it. Mm -hmm. Um, The influencing domain. These are the people that are there getting other people on side with their ideas and, and really being an influencer. The relationship building domain, so those people that are fantastic at building and maintaining relationships and strategic thinking. So these are the analysts, people that are really good thinkers and, and problem solvers, all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. So the way that this talent map works that I get my clients to go through is to look at their top five strengths and look at how those strengths are already working for them across those four domains. Mm -hmm. So it does require a bit of -of out-of-the-box thinking. So, you know, if we go back to my empathy, which we like to do, (laughs) um, it's it's a relationship-building strength, bottom line. So to think about how empathy works for me in the strategic thinking domain takes a bit more digging. Mm. And some hard work, same with executing and influencing as well. But mm. so that, that exercise does take a bit of time, but it's a really powerful one for people to understand mm. that while they may think they're only skilled in one particular area, 
these strengths that they have actually give them the ability to do all manner of things. Mm. It just takes a different focus, so a different approach in how to get something done. Mm. So that's that's the most powerful way to see how you can address your lesser strengths, which is reframing the way that you look at them and the way that you approach certain tasks. Mm. But then there's also what that old saying, opposites attract. That's mm-hmm. a very, very true statement. And you might find that even so if you're if you have a partner or if you've got certain groups of friends around you, you'll find that your friends, while you've got some similarities, your actual strengths are normally quite different. Wow. And then you'll see that your your lesser strengths are most commonly dominant strengths of the people that you've got around you so it's easy to find somebody that's gifted in an area that you're not so gifted in and say hey look I'm having a situation here I've got something I need to deal with and I'm struggling with it can you give me your ideas or your opinion on how how we might work this out Mm -hmm. and most of the time they'll throw you a nugget that you haven't thought of and that's just because that's just what they naturally do. It's the way they naturally think and you can do the same for them as well. So bringing somebody else alongside you that's already in your proximity mm. that has those talents and gifts in areas that you might not. Mm. But with this opposite attracts, there's always that that thing about the bit of a repelling too. So how, how do we manage through that? Because often the things that we annoy us about other people are the things we mm-hmm. probably should be looking at in ourselves. Yes, have you met my husband? I'm going to cut this bit out. <laughs> I don't want to be causing any <laughs> Oh, dear. Yeah, no, it is true and that's certainly the case. I've done a lot of coaching within corporations as well, so people that are in a work environment where they may not all get along, they're just there because they work together. They don't have the option to to mm. not be in each other's proximity. So, and that's a really, a really powerful way of getting through that sort of thing as well is having that balconies and basements conversation. Mm-hmm. So, having an understanding of how those people around you actually already operate. Once you've got that understanding, then your tolerance level rises. So, knowing that they might be doing something that rubs you up the wrong way because they're in the basement of one of their strengths and your perception of the way that they're doing that as well might also be because you're in the basement of one of yours Mm. so having that understanding and knowledge that people don't necessarily all the time try to be the way that they are it's just it's just a result of of them being in the basement so having that having that knowledge and understanding really helps you to deal with those situations because I imagine it's, it's stressful situations which are bringing out the worst of us. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And of course, for sure. going to work and working with people that we don't necessarily connect with is a really stressful part. When I've um, ran a, a workshop recently, one of the big things we were talking about is how people don't connect with their work. And the biggest thing was people annoyed them. It wasn't so much the systems, there were so mm-hmm. many other parts. So if we can find a way to bring that understanding to work, it's going to change our approach when we're there because it sounds to me, I um, don't want to use the word empathy because not everybody's got that <laughs> as, as a strong strength, yeah. <laughs> but it sounds to me by taking a perception that, okay, this isn't about me, it's about stepping back from it and just looking and observing yeah. and not taking it on. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the great things as well about doing facilitation sessions within a corporation is that 
it's really about getting everybody back on the same page. So understanding you're all here for a common purpose mm. and that purpose is whatever the mission and vision of that organisation is. It's not about their little relationships that are all going on between the departments. While that's important, the most important thing is the outcome of why you are here. What are you paid to do? Mm. So, And helping people to understand how each department relates to each other and how they work together within those four domains that we talked about earlier as well. And they really walk out of that having a greater understanding of each other and what they contribute to the organisation as a whole as well. Mm. And that contribution is really important. And I imagine that in understanding your strengths, then you do start to know what you bring. And all of us do need to be recognised. We need to feel significant. So having an understanding of what we're bringing to the table can then elevate how we feel about ourselves, which perhaps means we're not as judgmental or um, on other people. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And also for those people in a team that have, um, you know, lower self-esteem or are not the the ones that would naturally speak up about who they are and how they do contribute to the team, um, the rest of the team are able to see that when they're aware of how they operate and how each other person, the, the strengths and talents that they have, they can see, oh, my goodness, I've never even known that about you. That's amazing. So, yeah, those those conversations are really helpful when, when dealing with situations like that and in those environments. Yeah, and it is about having the conversation. It's actually funny. You just reminded me of when I was working in the interior design office and we did one of those those fun online things about working out who you are. And that was just a fun thing, but nearly everyone in the office did it because it was a fun thing to do. Yeah. But the conversations that came from that, oh, wow, I'm like you oh, wow, now I understand that. And so it, yeah. uh, awareness of other people's behaviours and how intrinsic our, not behaviours so much, but who we are is to how we operate. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really good. And they're always fun conversations. And I've, um, I, you know, there's always one or two people that think, oh, really, this is such a waste of time. But once they do it and have the conversation and the understanding, they're always, always grateful for it afterwards because they've got that deeper knowledge of themselves, but also their relationships have been strengthened in the meantime of that understanding of each other because we are humans, uh, really pack animals. <laughs> we are. We love to, to be in the proximity of people that we can connect with and, and really have a contribution together. Mm. A big part of when I'm talking about design new strengths is a big part of it, but values mm. too. How do our strengths and values align? Is there something between the two of them? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's another thing that I sometimes do with my clients as well is having them look at defined sets of values and really narrowing those down to what's really, truly important to them. And once you've done gone through that process, it's easy to see that direct correlation between your strengths and your values so somebody with responsibility for example may have a value of loyalty or honesty Mm. and that comes from that and they're very deeply connected so yes your strengths and your values are very closely linked and and yeah so if you had that conversation with somebody about what their values are and then might not be entirely sure they've never really put too much thought into it have them do their strengths assessment and then ask them again and they'll, they'll have a much clearer idea. And that's, that's a really important exercise to do as well for anybody. Mm. To be really clear on your own personal values as well helps you in any area of your life. When you're applying for a job, if that job isn't in line with your values, 
don't do it. If you're going into a relationship, if that person doesn't have the same values as you, don't waste your time. Mm. You know, it's important to have that knowledge of yourself and that understanding of who you really are as an individual in any area. Mm. And I'm completely with you on that, but I know there's a lot of people who who find it too hard to do that. They are in the mindset of, well, I need to have this job and I need to stay in it because of X, Y, and Z responsibilities, mm. et cetera, et cetera. Or I'm feeling lonely, so this person's here for me now. They want me. Mm. So how can yeah. we, what can we do to un- have an understanding of the strength to be able to go, you know what, no, I'm, I'm okay to be single or no, there yeah. are other, ex- other reasons to get out of this job? Yeah. So it's really just having a bit of, of forward thinking, number one, and an increase of self-esteem. I don't know how you get that <laughs> um, without, you know, being surrounded by positive people and all those sorts of things. But once you've got that deep belief in yourself and your own self-worth, then I don't believe that uh, it's a worthwhile time investment to go into a relationship with somebody that's not there for you and having the same ideals that you do. So it's not worth wasting the time and the energy and the emotion into a relationship like that. And once you're very aware of who you are and what your values and your needs are, then you're very aware of that as well. Mm. With regards to a, a job or a position, you've really got to look at how you're going to be feeling if you are just spending the time in a job because number one, you might need the money or you might, you know, there might be those circumstances, I don't know what they are. You need to have this job as a stepping stone to get into another one, whatever it might be. But if if you are working in that environment just for a, a reason like that, then you're not going to feel fulfilled. If you're not feeling fulfilled, then you're not feeling energised. You're not looking forward to getting up and going to work every day. And that's going to deplete your energy levels and your emotional levels in every other area of your life. It's really going to affect everything that you do, your health, your well-being, your relationships, your finances, everything it will have an effect on because you're not being true to yourself and who you are. So it all really does come back to living in your values and having that sense of self-worth. Love it. Completely love it. And of course, that's how Design You came about was when I was made redundant from a job and went for a job interview and was sitting there going, I don't want this job, (laughs) but I need to pay my bills. Do I have to take it? And the conversations I started having with people were about that. And they're like, well, how do you know you don't want that job or like that job? And it's like, how do you not know? So that's, that's how this all started. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So if we were looking forward 50 years for you, where would you like to be? What would you like to see yourself at and where? Who's around (laughs) 50 years. I will be 88 years old in 50 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, I yeah, I would really love to be in a place of fulfilment, knowing that I've had the fullest life that I can, that my three children have lived up to their fullest potential and that they've got a legacy in place already for who they want to be and what they want to do with their lives and their children going forward. Mm -hmm. So I'll be sitting in a rocking chair on a porch somewhere (laughs) with a cup of tea and my crochet blanket on my knees, looking back at my life thinking, yeah, I've done well. I'm happy with where I'm at and, and the people that I've created and the people that I've surrounded myself with. 
So do you teach your kids about the strengths? How can we do that when we've got children? Yeah, good question. So uh, there are two different strengths assessments for children as well. So there's one's called Strengths Quest and one is Strengths Explorer. Okay. So from age seven, children can take the assessment. Uh, instead of a top five, they'll be given a top three, which are more simplified. And the questions themselves are a lot more simplified as well. And that's because at that age, their children are still developing. They're still developing into their personalities and the potential of who they are. While their strengths are already there and have been from birth, they take a little while to develop and grow into those and they do change depending on the circumstances of the child's upbringing as well. Sure. So that's Strengths Quest. Strengths Explorer is for ages 14 and up. It's the same questionnaire that they that we'd have as an adult. So, and they're in the process of rolling those two together. So, Strengths Explorer and the general Clifton and Strengths Assessment um, okay. will soon be one. And my eldest daughter has done that assessment. So, she is a nice combination of my husband and myself. <laughs> is that usual? Do we normally take um, after both of our parents? No, it's not a genetic thing. It does depend on, though, the, the closeness of the relationship, I guess, with your parents is that what sort of things you pick up. If you look back over your own life, you'd see that you've, you've picked up things from your parents or the people that raised you just because it's the way that you've had an upbringing and, and these are the things that you were taught right from birth. So, yeah, it's, it's not, while strengths aren't a genetic thing, they are definitely built in through your upbringing. Okay. So, yeah, our, our children, my eldest daughter has done her strengths, the younger two not yet, um, but I do have a fair idea of some of the directions that they're heading in with that. And I'm very aware of also speaking to them in their strength language. Wow. So understanding the way that their minds work and the way their, their hearts work as well and talking to them in that way as well. I've also, um, the book, The Five Love Languages, mm. I've done that with, all of the kids and know their love language and I also make sure that I speak to them in that way as well. So, for example, my eldest daughter, you can tell her that you love her, you can give her a hug and that's all well and good, but unless you're actually handing her a gift, <laughs> she, she doesn't understand it as much. Um, whereas my, my middle child just needs to be hugged. Mm-hmm. First thing, every day she needs a hug and just to sit with me and have some time together. Mm. And then after that, She'll do basically anything I ask. <laughs> so there's differences in each of them. It's, a, it's another thing, um, just having that appreciation of that every single person is unique and individual, mm. and that's what I'm all about. Mm. And it's interesting you talk about the five lung, love languages because I use that in a work environment. If mm. I can usually work out what someone's love language is, and that's same thing. I, I I feel like I'm manipulating them now that I'm telling you this, but I I talk to them as best as I can in their love language because it makes them more comfortable and it means that they can be working then in a way that's comfortable for them and it builds the rapport between us as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Very powerful. Absolutely. And it's a conversation I've had with people when I'm dating as well really early Mm -hmm. on because it really helps to to understand where you're both at because, of course, as we both know, at the beginning of a relationship, we do all five love languages because yeah. everything's <laughs> we'll, hit, we'll hit it eventually. <laughs> yeah. But in time, we, we settle back into to our normal flow and yeah. it's, it's nice to know what the other person's flow is and so that you can adapt with mm. that along the yeah. way. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And it's been a real eye opener for the people that I've spoken to about it too. So um, it's helped them as they're working out, you know, oh, wow, I didn't know I was whatever. Yeah. Needing that. So yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's for sure. So if you were going to leave something with our community, a, a tip for how to design your best life, what would you say? Take the strengths assessment. <laughs> <laughs> with Kate Cawthorn. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you don't have to do it with me. But, but spending that time on yourself to understand your unique qualities and gifts, mm-hmm. um, unpack your superpowers. <laughs> it's really the best gift that you can give to yourself and to your family and to the people around you. Having that that real knowledge and understanding of who you are as a person helps you to be better in your relationships, better in your job, all of those sorts of things. There's so many stats and facts about it, but it really is the best thing that I could encourage anybody to do. And you can do that by going to gallopstrengthcenter.com, center ER because they're American. Sure. So, yeah, it's it's a fantastic tool for anybody to do. You can do the assessment for $15 online. It takes about 40 minutes and it's the most worthwhile investment I could recommend to anybody. So it's something we can read ourselves. We don't necessarily have to keep going on and, be, and work with a coach, although that's obviously no. adding an extra dimension to it. Oh, absolutely, yes. But, no, it's most definitely something you can read yourself and get a good understanding of. Gallup has a lot of fantastic free resources that you'll even get a, a download of the entire book, Discover Your Strengths, once you take the assessment. It'll be sent to you. There's plenty of videos and PDFs on the website. There's a lot of Facebook groups, YouTube channels as well that give you so much information for free because the whole the whole objective of Gallup is to really spread the message of this. And so uh, they want to make it easily reachable and and you know easy for people to access so so much you can find out for free but if you do want to coach I'm right here (laughs) (laughs) do you think many people know about their strengths I mean I assume it's a conversation you have often with people do you find Mm. what sort of percentage of people already know about working to our strengths whether they know about Um, Gallup or not yeah, so at the moment there's over 17 million people that have taken the Strengths Finder assessment and there are a lot more businesses now that have heard about it and are getting on the bandwagon as well. So really um, it's a huge upturn of, of the growth in the Strengths movement and uh, just continuing. There's a whole state in the US that is Strengths-based. So they they have a It's Rhode Island. They have a bar that have cocktails named after strengths. So, you know, it's a huge movement and um, it's continuing to grow. It's really phenomenal. So does that mean if you if your strengths empathy that you would only drink the empathy drink? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I might want some significance injection at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I've never been there, but I've heard all about it at the conference last year and uh, it sounds amazing. <laughs> it does sound amazing. Anything that brings a bit of... Um, bit of fun into it is perfect that's right yeah yeah for sure (laughs) Kate thank you so much for sharing your time with me today I've really appreciated it and I love what you're sharing about us understanding our strengths and understanding that with our strengths that there's degrees of where we work within them so thank you thank you Tina it's been great chatting to you (laughs) are you ready to create the life you want pop over to tinamurray.com to grab your free copy of the design new cheat sheet and start creating the life you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.